You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. Um, wow, look at us finally tackling one of the most requested locations in Michigan. Took us five seasons, but we got here. This obviously won't be able to be done in just one part. Although the island is only a few miles across, it's overflowing with history hauntings and who knows what else. Its history doesn't start with the Europeans, but goes back hundreds of years before that to the indigenous peoples of North America. In fact, quote, Archaeologists have excavated prehistoric fishing camps on Mackinac Island and in the surrounding areas. Fish hooks, pottery, and other artifacts establish a Native American presence at least 700 years before European exploration around AD 900. End quote. Uh, that's from Wikipedia, and that's pretty incredible. It is. It's, it's, this island has been around for a long time. Oh, yes. <laughs> According to Andrew Blackbird's 1887 History of the Indigenous People of Michigan, the name Mackinac does not come from the more common translation, large turtle, but a different set of words entirely. This is going to be kind of long of a quote, but I think it's really important and um, uh, props to Andrew Blackbird. Quote, most every historian or analyst so-called who writes about the island of Mackinac and the straits and vicinity tells us that the definition or the meaning of the word Michelin Mackinac in the Ottawa and Chippewa language is large turtle derived from the word Michimikinok in the Chippewa language. That is Michi as one of the adnominals or adjectives in the Ottawa and Chippewa languages, which would signify tremendous in size. The Mickinock is the name of mud turtle, meaning therefore monstrous large turtle, as the historians would have it. But we consider this to be a clear error. Wherever those analysts or those who write about the island of Mackinac obtain their information as to the definition of the word Michilla Mackinac, I don't know, when our tradition is so direct and so clear with regard to the historical definition of that word, and is far from being derived from the word Michimikinok, as the historians have told us. Our tradition says, says that when the island was first discovered by the Ottawas, which was sometime before America was known as an existing country by the white man, there was a small independent tribe 
a remnant race of Indians who occupied this island, who became confederated with the Ottawa and when the Ottawas were living in Manitoulin, formerly called Ottawa Island, which is situated north of Lake Huron. The Ottawas thought a good deal of this unfortunate race of people, as they were kind of uh, as they were kind of interesting sort of people, just you know, regular interesting people. But unfortunately, they had most powerful enemies, who every now and then would come among them to make war with them. Their enemies were of the Iroquois of New York. Therefore, once in the dead of winter, while the Ottawas were having a great jubilee and war dances on their at their island, now Manitolan, on account of the great conquest over the, uh, I apologize, Winnin- Winnebago's, what what became the Winnebago's. Probably of wisconsin mm-hmm. of which i will speak more fully in subsequent chapters uh during which the time during which time the senecas of new york of the iroquois family of indians came upon the remnant race and fought them and almost entirely annihilated them but two escaped to tell the story who affected their escape by flight and hiding in one of the natural caves on the island and therefore that was the end of this race and according to our understanding and traditions, the tribal name of those disastrous people was Mishinimakinago, which is still existing to this day as a monument of their former existence. For the Ottawas and Chippewas named this little island Mishinimakinong for memorial sake of those former Confederates, which word is the lo- locative? locative case of the Indian noun... <laughs> I just see big words and I just get scared. <laughs> Mission, <laughs> Mission and Mackinawago. Therefore, we contend this is properly where the name Mishila Mackinaw is originated. That does make way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of sass in Andrew Blackbird's writing is life-giving. He is so, <laughs> so sassy about it. He's like, oh, you thought it meant like big old turtle? No. Not even close, friends. Sorry, white people. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just love the way that Andrew Blackbird just tells it like it is. And it's like, no, white people, this is not. You got it wrong. Yeah, I, I like how in, um, I'm not just Michigan's past, but I'm more familiar with Michigan's past. Um, historians really didn't think to just ask the local tribes. <laughs> They're like, they're trying to puzzle out what this word means. Like, how about you ask someone who speaks the language and whose people have been living here for centuries? I know. Like, no? No? no Did it we'll even just... occur to you to ask? Okay. <laughs> no, we'll just figure it out on our own. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, they, it, it's, I feel like it's, maybe it's a non-European thing as well, but it's definitely a European thing. Because they did the same thing over in Europe. Oh, yeah. No, they're never going to ask could, the yeah. Celts what that meant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've because Greg is um, Polish descent, and he's been looking into his um, Polish history, I guess, and nice. customs and things. Yeah. Um, I've been coming across a lot of Slavic folklore and other things, and uh, there are things there too where um, this woman who's um, Polish said, "Oh yeah, this is what most people say, but you know, if you just look at the translation in Polish, this is what it actually means." <laughs> And Polish is not a dead language no. by any stretch. No. <laughs> not at 
really Russian, funny. not a dead language. Like it's it's hilarious. I'm like these are, you know, maybe they're a little evolved from where it was hundreds of years ago. But I mean, that's like saying, oh man, we can't figure out what this this uh, Latin word is. Well, how about you look at, I don't know, French, Italian, <laughs> Spanish, yeah, <laughs> like all of Romanian, all of the Romance languages. Right. And maybe you can figure it out. Yeah, maybe. Um... That will tell you. No, you're just gonna, you're just gonna parse it out on your own. Hey, all right. Yeah, yeah. They they seem to do this for all non-Western European languages. Yeah, pretty much. So that was a long read, um, but no, that was that was well worth it. <laughs> um, and it was nice to hear it in his own, own I, perfect way. Of I just things. didn't think there was any way to cut any of that out, and that's also like the history of the island, right. Like these people, and that would make sense. There are caves. I mean, there's the what Skull Cave, Skull Cave, yeah, um, that has lots of stories about people hiding in it. So it, it fits in with other stories I know of the island. Like it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you know anything about the history of that area, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and also that they tend to people in, in general. I don't, I don't think it's unique to Native Americans, but I certainly know that in Michigan, they named places after the people who used to live there. Right. Um, and we certainly did that as white people. I mean, a lot of these names I recognize. Seneca. Yeah. <laughs> like, I recognize these names as places. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the Native Americans did the same thing. Yep. They wanted Allegedly, to remember- Allegedly, means where the socks lived. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to remember this this people and this is yeah. where they lived. And so it's, yeah. So every time, yeah. It was a way of honoring them. Yeah. yeah. And then there's what Iroquois Point was that it? Oh yes, yeah, there is in Iroquois the Point. the light the lighthouse yes. episode. Yeah, where we killed all those guys. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was a way of mem- it was a way of memorializing them. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, of course, in well, I will say English. Um, it became Mackinac. It does have the C at the end. Thank you. It's not Mackinac. If you're from Michigan, you probably know this. Right. <laughs> um, that is from the French because they called it um, Michelin Mackinac. Yeah. Um, like the fort that uh, stands near the bridge near the top of the Lower Peninsula, if you've been. Fun times. I know. It's really cool. The bri- <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. I love it's that neat. fort. <laughs> Don't they do a Halloween thing too? Yes, they do a Halloween thing now and I want to go. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh man, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. <laughs> Um, the British, as is their way, shortened the name to Mackinac. They can't say that the, full kept word. Kept the C. They <laughs> kept the C. Good job. Um, and then, of course, we've been um, stuck with that ever since. Yep. Though it would be fun to make people try to say the whole thing. Really I just, would. I need someone to uh, sit down and be like, here's how vowels work. <laughs> in, um, in Ottawa and uh, yeah, the different, yeah. Does Duolingo have? The different local tribes. Does Duolingo have that? I don't think so. Dang it. Because as long as you break down things into syllables for me, I'm good to go. I studied Japanese. I know how that works. Right. So, yeah, break it down into syllables for me. Tell me how your um, vowels work, and I should be should pretty, be okay. pretty strong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have found places online to study, which I want to do. Yeah, I'm really glad we've been saying the name of this massacred tribe and giving it such a lovely name as Big Turtle. <laughs> but, you know, hey... 
good to memorialize. If you don't know much about them, uh, clearly this island has been excavated for centuries, honestly, probably at this point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even if most people don't know the, the origin of the name, the tribe gets to continue to be spoken of into the future. Exactly. They will be remembered essentially forever. Yes. Even if people don't really know what they're saying, like their names. I think it's important. Um, I do this when I go to cemeteries. If you've ever noticed, I will just start saying people's names out loud. I think it's really important mm. to give those give those people, give those memories a voice, whether or not I knew them personally. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just super important. To... And that's why we record these things, I think, as humans. Yeah. Um, you know, before we had writing uh-huh. or before writing was very prevalent it was yeah we would repeat the names yeah i mean like a lot of the areas in italy are named after the very ancient tribes who lived there yeah like tuscany perfect example yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's just i think memorialization is super important to two humans and four humans and for history so i think mm-hmm. it's awesome that even if most people don't know the actual origin of Mackinac, we could we still say these, we still speak these people's title and name every day. Right. Yeah. It's evolved with humanity, but they're still being memorialized. Yeah. All right. Uh, So the Europeans arrived to the island probably around the 1630s, starting with French traveler and trader Jean Nicolet. The Straits of Mackinac have long been central to trade in the region, and the French and British made use of them as well. Jesuit priest Claude Dablon um, founded a mission for the Native Americans on the island in 1670 and was succeeded by a much more well-known Jesuit priest, Jacques Marquette. (laughs) Oh, very much (laughs) well-known. Yeah. Oh, look, everything is named after him. (laughs) Who moved the whole operation to St. Ignace. The British took the island after the French and Indian War and decided it was a perfect place for their new fort, which they built in 1780. It is a great spot for a fort, too. Like, you can see... Everything. Yeah, you can see the whole straits. You're so protected on this little island. Like, this is a really easily defensible place. You can see, yeah, just miles and miles and miles. Yeah, if the bridge weren't there, you could just see all of that water. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's impressive. So per Wikipedia, quote, during the War of 1812, the British captured the fort in the siege of Fort Mackinac, the first battle of the conflict. The Americans were caught by surprise, not knowing that the war had been declared. Yeah. End quote. Yeah. It's a little remote. (laughs) You know, when you're when you're a small island in the middle of two large lakes, only accessible by ship, you tend to be left out of the news. Especially given, you know. When you factor in weather and time of year and things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ba- Americans tried to recapture Mackinac in 1814, but failed. As we said, it's an island in the middle of essentially a sea. Yep. Uh, very easily defended. <laughs> um, it took the signing of the Treaty of Ghent for the U.S. to regain the fort and the island. Fort Holmes, as it was now known, was used as a prison for Confederate sympathizers during the Civil War. Again, very remote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because, and we won't stop shouting this from the rafters until everyone in Michigan remembers that we were part of the Union. Look at you, West Michigan. You know who you are. <laughs> and, you know, you know, Northern Michigan and parts of Southern Michigan. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember learning some of how integral Michigan was 
um, in school. Yeah. We studied Michigan history in fourth grade. Um, and I have talked to other Michiganders. They said the same thing. Something about fourth grade. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what we did in California too. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, fourth grade, we just, we learn yep. state history. Um, but the things I've learned since then is just like, no man, like we basically won this war yeah. for the union. Like if it weren't for Michigan, the union very easily could have lost. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, like, didn't Lincoln say thank God for Michigan? Like, oh yeah, Michigan troops were the first ones to show up. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if war had been declared. Oh what? <laughs> and Michigan we're going to war right there. <laughs> and Lincoln was like, "Oh, thank God for Michigan." Yeah. Because we were ready and raring to go. Yeah. Michigan was the the birthplace of the Republican Party. Don't listen to what they say now. It was Michigan. Yep. <laughs> it was Jackson, Michigan. Yeah. Funny because Jackson was very pro slavery, but yep. Yep. Jackson, Michigan was the birthplace of the party of Lincoln. Yep. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know history, there was a period in time, not that long ago, when Republicans and Democrats switched platforms. So when we talk about Republicans, yeah. when we talk about being a Republican back in the day, that was the, uh, the sane side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've kept the spirit of some of their original platforms but not really but i mean honestly i mean jackson founded the democratic party yeah the world has changed a bit since then. a little bit just a but little not bit enough. same with the republican party yeah. obviously the republican party was founded just prior to the civil war right. so things have changed a lot since then and yet not enough weirdly yeah <laughs> all right anyway after the Civil War, the island became much more of a tourist destination and vacation spot. It's gorgeous. Of course it did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, Mackinac National Park was the second national park ever designated. Which is Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Motor vehicles were banned at the end of the 19th century after residents complained of health and safety concerns and that they were spooking the horses. Uh, this This ban remains in effect. Minus the island having safety vehicles and snowmobiles, you know, for safety reasons, obviously. Um, and it gives right, the right. whole place a very quaint and historic feeling. I really like traveling around by walking and biking. It's not a huge island. It's super walkable. Or you could take a carriage. Like, it's it's not big. Biking was perfect. Yeah, I, I biked uh, whatever the highway is that goes around yeah. the, the periphery. I biked that, well... Oh, I was in college. I was in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did it when we went. Did we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could probably do it now on a bike. Um, we just have to take our time, yeah. which is fine. It's gorgeous. I know. You know Why would you hurry? Bring along some, bring along some water. Bring along some food. Good times. Have a picnic in front of Skull Rock. Whatever. Yeah. Or Skull Cave. Yeah. <laughs> I like taking the the buggies too. Yeah. But I don't like horses, which is why I'm in the buggy, not on the horse. <laughs> It was really weird. Do you remember, I don't know, a number of years ago, I think it was Mike Pence um, visited the island. Yes. And they brought his motorcade and seeing the pictures was like trippy. It was weird. It was so bizarre. Like, this is a car. This is not supposed to be here. We, this is not a car island. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I understand their concerns, but it was still super annoying. Also, because he was from Indiana. Oh, yeah. If he'd, been, if he'd been from a state that wasn't Indiana or Ohio, it might have been less irritating. No, it was Pence, so it's <laughs> fucking terrible, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I would have felt 
the same about if anyone had been like, no, we have to have this motorcade. Even if you were a Democrat, it'd be like, oh man, come on. Come on! You could figure something out. Get some armored horse-pulled carriages. That'd be pretty cool, That'd be actually. Awesome. I... I feel like presidents have been there before and haven't had motorcades. Yeah, probably. But I couldn't tell you who. I mean, our our governor has the summer mansion is there. Yeah. But yeah, those pictures are just like, they still like weird me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah. <laughs> These don't belong. <laughs> it wasn't like a single car. Like, it was the, the yeah. motorcade. Yeah. Every, the whole, everybody. The thing. Like, how did they even get on the island? I don't know. How did you even get there? <laughs> Yeah, enough of my uh anyway, reminiscing, sorry. I guess. <laughs> we can cut some of that. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure other listeners do. too are like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Or others have never been there and they're just like, wow, these people are weird. These people are strange. We know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yes, because we have we have a lot of talk. We do have, we have a, a lot. A lot of places to talk about here on this island. As small as it is, there's we've already covered it's there's a long history. Yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. A huge thank you to Chapters Tea and Coffee for sponsoring us this season. Their robust coffee and flavorful teas are keeping us going this busy spooky season. The Raven's Roast Coffee is perfectly roasted, incredibly smooth, and when I handed the first cup to my husband, he took a sip and a look of pure bliss came over him. Krista and her husband made the dream within a dream tea before bed, and they loved the well-balanced flavor and calming warmth of it. There are so many reasons to enjoy this brand. Chapters is local to Southeast Michigan. You can get all of their blends from drinkchapters.com. And they donate 5% of their net profits to Active Minds, the national leader for young adult mental health advocacy and suicide prevention. You'll fall in love with the art, the blends, the bookmarks. Do not wait to get your hands on these blends. Make the cold months warm and comfortable with Chapters Tea and Books. Again, that is drinkchapters.com. Thank you for sponsoring this season of Haunted Mitten. Um, so there's no way we're getting them all today, but we can at least get the ball rolling. Each location on the island is unique and has its own historical significance to Mackinac. And the first of those locations is Post Cemetery. The Mackinac Island Tourism website has a little information on Post's history. Quote, the Post Cemetery is the final resting place for Fort Mackinac soldiers, their families, and local officials. Although the origin of the cemetery is lost in history, local lore suggests that both American and British War of Twelve soldiers are buried there. Known burials include Ignatius Goldhofer. Goldhofer? Wow, that's a fantastic <laughs> I know! <laughs> a Civil War veteran who came to Fort Mackinac in 1869. He was buried in the Post Cemetery by his wife and children when he died three years later. Other burials include Edward Biddle, who served as sheriff, and we'll talk about him later, village president and surveyor in the mid-19th century. He was a huge player in the Mac in Mackinac uh, yes. politics and economy and stuff. And the 1880s burial of Josiah and Isabel Cowes, the infant children of Lieutenant Calvin and Mary Cowles, whom we will talk about later as well. Yeah, I recognize those names. Yeah. Now. Also Biddle. Yes. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, there is plenty of spooky activity here to go around. It is a cemetery. Come on. Uh, Joan St. John in her book, Mists of Mackinac, Forgotten Folklore, Fantasy, and Phenomena, 
says that at the graves of the children of Lieutenant Calvin Cowles and his wife, Mary, Isabel and Josiah, a woman in a long dress has been seen weeping. St. John felt the strong presence of a woman and she spoke to her. The woman identified herself as Mary and she blamed her husband, Calvin, for the death of the children. Uh, she never wanted to move to the island. It was her husband's decision to advance his career. Sometimes the children can also be heard wailing. Phantom horses are seen and heard at the crossroads that leads to Post and two other cemeteries. The two other cemeteries, because an island that is 4.35 square miles has more than one, are St. Mm -hmm. Anne's and Mackinac Island cemeteries. They're all next to each other, which is convenient. The legend of the phantom horses that are seen and heard come from an old tale about the archway to St. Anne's being built incorrectly. The architect accounted for the carriages and hearses needing to enter and exit, but not the drivers that sat atop the vehicles. One driver either didn't know or forgot, and, well, his body made it under the arch anyway. No telling how much of that story is true, but whoops. Yeah, I feel like that would is not enough to knock your head off. You'd have to be going pretty darn fast. Like, you'd have to be going really fast, right? Yeah. Like, we are speeding out of that cemetery. <laughs> Gotta go. The horses got spooked or something? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's why that, it's I'm, just rumor, but it's... Yeah, it's a fun story. I was like, it's oh, kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And then you could talk about, oh, the headless coachman of Mackinac Island. Exactly. And all kinds of other fun stories. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but St. Anne's and Mackinac Island cemeteries have their fair share of stories as well. St. Anne's was originally next to St. Anne's Catholic Church, but as the population grew, you probably know where this is going, the cemetery <laughs> needed to be moved. <laughs> According to MackinawIsland.org, it was established in 1924, although it contains a grave from 1833, the occupant of which we'll be talking about later. There are two legends associated with this cemetery and the church for which it was named. The first comes to us from Joan St. John, a ghostly woman in a blue dress and a macabre funeral procession, in quotes, haunt the grounds. St. John did not encounter any spirits, only an overwhelming sense of, quote, sadness and waiting. Sure. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're waiting for the, the end times. Sure. Um, yeah. The second legend involves the church and a famous burial disturbed, as told by MackinawIsland.org. Quote, one prominent early Catholic on Mackinac Island is actually buried inside St. Anne's Church. At her request, Pioneering Mackinac Island fur trader Magdalene Lafoyance was buried beneath the church altar when she died in 1846. However, Woo, Lafoyance. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like oh, she familiar. Was awesome. However, when the church underwent a renovation in the mid 20th century, her remains were moved to a grave in the adjacent churchyard. Legend has it that the church's steeple began to tilt at that time and gradually leaned more and more. When the church reinterred La Framboise's remains in a crypt in the church basement in 2013, the steeple stopped moving, although it's still off center to this day. End quote. Sure, why not? She said, <laughs> You're burying me in this church, and if you move me, I will I will tilt the hell I'll, out of your steeple. Yeah, I will move the church. She was a powerful lady, so you know what? I believe it. <laughs> right? She was a badass. We're not going to talk about her in these specific episodes. I left, like, in doing the research for this, 
I had to leave out so much stuff or else our entire season would be about Magnaw Island. Yeah, like she was awesome. So perhaps we will talk about her later. Mackinac Island Cemetery is the island's Protestant cemetery and was created once more people started moving to the island and they needed more than just a Catholic churchyard. <laughs> God forbid oh, they be buried together. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't you don't mix that. God hates that. Yeah. <laughs> Looks at Catholic husbands. <laughs> what? <laughs> So other than the spectral horses mentioned earlier, the only ghostly experience we could find comes from Joan St. John's book, Mists of Mackinac, which is a pretty fun book if you want to it's read fun, it. It's fun, yeah. In it, St. John writes about an encounter with the spirit of a native woman who was buried there. The woman told her that many native women had married soldiers, not always by choice, which I would believe. <laughs> Uh, their lives were hard because they were expected to dress and act like white women who did not associate with them. Thus, learning their ways was difficult. She did not like the clothes, language, or how she was expected to behave. I would not either. Uh, when St. John asked her why she didn't go into the light, the woman answered that it was because she'd learned that in heaven she would be with her husband for eternity, and she didn't want that. She preferred to stay on the island without him. St. John, quote, saw her join six other spirit women walking toward the woods, end quote. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, um... I'm with her though. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was forced for sure. to marry this guy. I had to pretend to be white, but the white people still didn't like me, even when I pretended to be that. Um, so no, I'm not going to quote unquote heaven because it sounds more like hell. Yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd rather stay with my friends on this beautiful island. Thanks. Right. It's an it's an interesting story. It gives you some things to consider. Yeah. Um, but whether or not that's true, no idea. I don't know. I've never spoken to St. John, but she seems cool. I actually might have met her at Crazy Wisdom. Because <laughs> we used to have uh, uh, local Michigan authors speak oh, yeah. around Halloween. And I believe she was one who came out. <gasps> That's awesome. I want to talk to her. So yeah, I I think I did meet her. Um, Actually, it might have been when Miss of Mackinac. I remember we had her book and we had signed copies of it. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. Well, um, Joan, we, we would love to talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because she's, I don't think she lives too far away from us. I'm not sure, but cool. yeah, she's, I've read a number of her um, adventures and she sounds like a really interesting person to sit down and talk to. I know, I would love to. That sounds great. All right, well, whew. all that, we have barely begun. <laughs> yeah, we're like about half an hour into this. I know. Not even. A lot of it is just us chatting. <laughs> um. We'll visit a few more places tonight. Don't worry. The island may be small, but its ghost population outnumbers its living by far. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm fairly certain you can't walk down the street without encountering some kind of apparition. Based on the stories. Yeah. Like, and, it, and it's it's just such a unique space. Yeah. It kind of lends itself to stories. Oh, yeah. Experiences. Definitely. Our next stop just might be the oldest building on the island, according to the historic plaque outside of it. It states that the home may have been standing since 1780, which would be an incredible feat for a small island in the middle of some tough straits. Oh yeah, it's some <laughs> of the most deadly, it's like, if not the most deadly seaway in the world, yeah. is the Straits of Mackinac, and, are the Straits of Mackinac. Yeah, and uh, imagining one little building surviving all of that weather is mm -hmm. impressive, to say the least. Yeah. The Biddle House Mackinac Island Native American Museum 
is so named for Edward Biddle, a fur trader who occupied and refitted the home in about 1822 to serve as both home for his family and a fur trader where he sold the pelts from the native wildlife from the area. Wikipedia has this to say about him. Quote, Edward Biddle's success in the fur trade was associated with two significant factors. His marriage to Agatha Biddle, a leading member of the Ottawa Nation who possessed an extensive regional kinship network, and his close ties with the then-dominant American fur company, AFC. Most furs bought or sold by Edward and Agatha Biddle would also have passed through the hands of the AFC at some point. The Biddles bought the house outright in 1832. End quote. And as an aside, Mackinac Island was actually incredibly diverse, and interracial marriages between the indigenous people and Europeans happen often. Yep. Yeah, there's, you have a very small community, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and the fur trade was long established by the French. Yeah. Um, and the the Courier de Bois did not bring women with them. Nope. So, yeah, very, yep. very diverse area. Yeah. Whether forcibly or not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, you can kind of say the same thing about other parts of the world back then, too. Oh, yeah. They have not always been treated kindly in the marriage market. Yeah, to say the least, yeah. Hence the word market. Yep. Um, so now the house serves as a museum, depicting the 1820s when the Biddle family would have lived and worked there. Staff in costume lead tours of the house, the native artwork and artifacts displayed in the home, and give tourists a sense of what life was like on Mackinac Island back in the day. So, hard. Yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> but after hours, when the employees have gone, it seems the Biddles or someone or something else um, still occupies the house. Todd Clements, who owns the tour company Haunts of Mackinac, which I believe is the one that the tour that we took. Okay, I thought and then, so. Um, I also took later with my husband. Yeah, I thought so. He has plenty to say about this island. And at the Biddle house, a child has been seen in the upstairs windows well after everyone should be out of the building. Mary, his youngest, is actually one of, if not the most famous graves on the island. Uh, Mary has the unfortunate honor of having the oldest grave on the island. Yeah. She really did die uh, at eight, but the legend behind her isn't exactly true. Although we don't know how she met her end. Very sad. Yeah. Um, the legend states she fell through the ice of Lake Michigan, and as a result, her father Edward lined old Christmas trees from the island to the shore of Saint, at St. Ignace as a way for folks to get to and from safely in winter. There are trees making a path during winter, as evidenced by various YouTube videos, but if Mary's death was the origin, we don't know. Yeah. But, like, there really is a path in winter for snowmobiles <laughs> that's just lined with people's yes. old Christmas trees, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would still be like terrified to make that trip because yeah. the straight the straights are very deadly. Yeah. Uh but it yeah, it look up pictures, YouTube videos, you can see all the Christmas trees lining the Yeah, it's the path pretty cool. So yeah. You don't get lost. Right. It's a great reuse of Christmas trees, yeah. Uh, yeah, for you, sure. You don't want to go out there without a path because you're gonna get lost. You're gonna get lost. Yeah. And then you're gonna become the new legend uh -huh. of Mackinac. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so, however, people still leave trinkets at her grave, which is in St. John's Cemetery. And who knows? The child still hanging around the middle house may be Mary. Joan St. John claims that voices can be heard inside the house after hours, as well as footsteps. And occasionally, the apparition of a person can be seen walking just outside the home. Okay, one more stop tonight before we wrap up. 
The Rifle Range Trail is a long expanse of treeless area on the island where, beginning in the 1880s, soldiers from the fort would practice their marksmanship. Prior to the 1880s, soldiers weren't required to practice marksmanship, but according to historians from Fort Mackinac, after several defeats out west in the later 1800s, shooting training developed and became standard in the military. So a large space on the island was deforested and a range was made for the soldiers stationed there to practice. I just love how they're like, wow, we're getting our asses handed to us. Maybe we should actually like train our soldiers how to do things. Yeah, maybe we should practice. Huh. All right. Our military was not the most well-trained in the past. (laughs) I just love that nobody (laughs) thought to like practice their shooting. That's fine. (laughs) We'll we'll be fine. They, They were hunters, right? They were fine. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is completely different. Oh, okay. <laughs> Things have changed a lot since World War One. okay? <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Billick, in her, in her book Ghosts of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, says that Private James Brown was hanged there um, for murder of Corporal Hugh Flynn. The two had argued in the fort's mess hall, and Brown pulled out a gun and shot Flynn. Brown's ghost has been seen along the trail. People also report being tripped and having an invisible force step on the heels of their shoes. Others have reported having their hair pulled and being pushed. Some also say you could feel the whizzing of invisible bullets fly by. Yeah, that's the one I read all the time yeah. is the, the invisible bullets. Yeah. Um, I felt nothing when I was there, just for the record. Uh, felt I tried. Did not feel any whizzing bullets. Oh. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'm not too upset by that, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) don't, don't really want to be by bullets invisible or otherwise. I mean, yeah, but you know, still. (laughs) WFMK reports that quote, others say they've been followed by an odd shadow and the apparition of a man dressed in a revolutionary war uniform in full figure End quote. Odd because none of the revolutionary war was fought there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Borders, boundaries were a lot different back then. Yeah, uh, but, but you still. know, who knows? I was like, wait, who what? <laughs> Why would it? Okay. Yeah, yep. That's fine. Several articles, including from MLive, repeat the story of Brown and Flynn. Yep, I've, yeah, I hear that a lot too. Yeah. Uh, it seems to have been confirmed by historians. I Question was me? on the subreddit Ask Historians, which is usually actually pretty legit, but I do have to just state. I was on Reddit. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it may have been one of the cases cited in order to help abolish the death penalty in the 1840s. Because Michigan was very anti-death penalty. Yeah. There are a lot of cases that say, oh, this is, you know, the last case or the last whatever. Like, yeah, Michigan was very. And I I've learned even more about it when we were at uh, the Jackson prison, the old prison. So, yeah, that'll probably come up in a future episode <laughs> um you know you like you know us we like to find as much truth in the history as possible yep that's what we do it's oh my favorite my... part uh, i know <laughs> that's why i usually <laughs> let you do it <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god we need to go back to Mackinac. yeah i miss it I, I, and they've added so much like when i was there with greg like a decade ago i don't remember um they had the butterfly exhibit which was really cool oh yeah um like the butterfly house yeah um there's yeah there's so much more there than there ever was when i was growing up yeah it's it's really cool yeah even if i do remember that bicycle ride 
totally messing up my back the next day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty intense. Well, and I hadn't ridden a bike in like a decade before yeah. that. And since then, I haven't ridden a bike. So, <laughs> uh, but I remember our ghost tour being great. Um, the guy who was terrified of bats was hilarious. <laughs> yes, and he wore a cape. It was wonderful. <laughs> He'd be in the middle of telling a story and then just go, ah! And, like, run away flapping his cape because he thought he saw a bat or whatever. Yeah. Or did see a bat. There are lots of bats there. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, Makes sense. there's a whole bunch of bats there. It being, you know, land. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and not greatly populated. Yeah. So maybe next year, maybe we can make a whole trip out of it. That'd be so nice. That would be amazing. That'd be so great place fun. to stay is um Klohan, which is where we stayed That's and where we Greg stayed. and I also stayed there. Yeah. Um I recommend it because one, it's just a great little house. Yeah. Um the rooms are beautiful and historical and yes. everything. Um but not only do you get breakfast, it's a bed and breakfast, yeah. you get afternoon tea. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, I loved that little house. It was nice. They even let us come back um, because we checked out and they held our luggage for us. Oh, until good. The ferry, it was time for the ferry. Yeah. And we still were able to come back for afternoon tea, even though we had checked out. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. They're they're wonderful. Highly recommend Clohan. Nice. All right. Well, we will continue more Machina in part two. Less history, way more spirits. So if you got kind of bored, <laughs> we'll be... <laughs> Be, hopefully it didn't. Hopefully it's, didn't. It's, the history of Beckett Island is a pretty wild ride, too. It is. Um, I didn't even include all of it because I was like, okay, so part one is just history. We can't do that. So No, no. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, yeah. If you haven't been, uh, check it out. It's it's a it's a very unique place. It's totally unique. Um, There's not another place even remotely like it. No. Strange Escapes, which is run by Amy Bruni and I think Adam Barry of kindred spirits fame previously ghost hunters fame they do a couple it's called strange escapes they do a couple um essentially like paranormal weekends at different places across the u.s every year nice uh they just this fall they had their Mackinac island one and i i wanted to go so bad oh my god um it is like it's like three or four days it's almost all inclusive i think like you get a lot of different you get a lot of lectures um the new kirks go to a lot of them and do a lot of lectures a lot of demonstrations ghost investigations um there's always like a dress-up party so it's it is expensive i think per per, per person it is like a thousand dollars but it's i'm gonna go one day i want to go so bad <laughs> Anyway, we'll continue in part two. I hope you enjoyed. Here's all of our all of our stuff. Krista, go. <laughs> Let's see. We've got uh, social media is at Haunted Mitten. Um, and we're we on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Blue Sky. We are on right? Blue Sky. I don't post a lot to Blue Sky because I haven't found a lot of folks worth following yet, but I'm working on I it. I follow so many people on Blue Sky. <laughs> I do. I am in the same places at Krista K. Coburn. K is in the same places at K. Gray Writes. Yep. Just the letter K and Gray Writes. Yep. Our website is hauntedmitten.com with merch. There's a link up there. Uh, we have Patreon. It is $1 to $3 a month. Gets you 
live shows, true crime episodes, ghost stories. Um, we'll be doing listener emails yeah, and will. more. You might get my weird little doodles. Uh, I, uh, my husband and I like to check out weird locations, um, cemeteries, places of hauntings. Yeah. So I usually will do a summary of the trip and post pictures and things up there. Yeah. If anybody is interested, I'm happy to post like the raw audio from investigations and whatnot. If you want to listen in on us investigating some places. Yeah. Help us find some uh, EVPs. Uh, I loved going to just going to cemeteries and just sitting there with an audio recorder and asking questions. So <laughs> those, those can go on yeah. there too, if you're interested. It's, it's cool. We're, we're, we're adding more and more stuff and yeah, we're going to start doing mm-hmm. um, lister emails. So. Yeah. Cause we've, we've been receiving uh, quite a few, which is awesome. Which great. And we want more. Yeah. Yeah. Share your experiences, whether you, whether it's a place we've talked about or not. Yeah. Cause maybe we'll talk about it later. Yeah. And a huge thank you to our sponsors this season, Linby Designs and Chapters Tea and Coffee. Um, thank you. You you make our live shows and all of the cool stuff that we have to hand out possible. So I am literally drinking some coffee right now. Yeah, no, I, that's what we made this morning. <laughs> yep. Chapters Coffee. Weirdly, I'm actually drinking coffee, guys. I know. This is, that's, everyone, this is nuts. That's how good this coffee is. Krista is drinking yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have the tea later. <laughs> Afternoon tea. And I will have more coffee. All right, friends. As always, happy haunting. We're back here to talk to you about Lynn B. Designs. Not only do they have the best nail polish to rival even those most expensive nail polishes on you see on Instagram, but they have stickers, wax melts, shirts, everything cute and adorable and definitely ready for this fall season. So be sure to check out this vegan, cruelty-free brand. You will love them as much as we do. Check out Lynn B. Designs monthly sales. They are fantastic. I am going to go look at some right now. Thanks.